Hey there, friends. Welcome to the Great Day Podcast. I'm your friend and host, Mayor K. Today we have a powerful, powerful man. At 26, he was a captain in the world's most powerful Air Force, yet he was miserable. After spending time traveling the world, getting married, and then that marriage coming to an end, Brian Reeves, our guest today, took time to go deep in the dark night of a soul and came through the other side with experiences and wisdom that he shares with us today. Known as the Relationship Ninja and author of multiple books about relationships, today we get to hear from someone that I had the good fortune of coming across from all places on Instagram's Explorer page. Thank God for that. Some good came out of social media and my scrolling. Um, really, really glad and really enjoyed this podcast recording with Brian Reeves. Thank you, Brian, for being on the podcast and thank you for tuning into this podcast episode. So without further ado, sit back, relax and enjoy this episode. friends welcome brian reeves to the podcast brian thanks for being here today hey man i'm really glad to be here thanks for the invitation mark yeah 100 long time coming long time coming i um yeah i'm just really grateful back and forth i was very just blown away by um just on the explorer page i came across one of your posts on instagram you okay. know, yeah, I don't know if you ever wondered, you know, after you, like, you know, sign up for a business or something, I always ask you, how'd you hear about us from a friend from Google? Well, for you is the discovery page. And how about that? Okay. Yeah. How about that? And awesome. I mean, I also pretty proud that, you know, social media has been pushing, you know, self-development type of yeah. content towards me. So yeah. that's what I'm they're overhearing on my phone calls with friends. Yeah. And um, I just saw what was going on. I was in a very interesting relationship. Uh, interesting to say, looking back at it, it was very, my first real relationship in my grown adult years. Mm. And it was very hard. It was super hard. And hence, um, why we came across, you know, why the universe sent me you and, you know, you have your book, choose her every day or leave her. And that hit freaking home. I'm like, Whoa, Oh my God. <laughs> choose, choice lever. Yeah. What? What? Yep. Yeah. 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 So then I avoided your content for a while. I understand. Uh, <laughs> totally understand. You got it. You got it. I get it. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'd love to hear more about, you know, you could share a little bit more about your book, but your book is really just a reflection of who you are as a person, how you're showing up in this world. So um, just quickly, just maybe want to give, um, you know, a context and maybe we'll start backwards. Here we go. Because you are a life or I would say, as, as you like to say it, um, a ninja, an int intimacy ninja. And uh, you're able to get in there and really understand relationships. Mm -hmm. How how do you have that nuance? How, how do perhaps how do you separate yourself from so many other types of you know coaching out there um, that yeah focus on relationships? Yeah, so that's a great question. You know, I'm uh, I think I came up I came up in a really unique I have a unique background in this field. So I, I'm a former Air Force officer. You know, very educated. I have yeah. an electrical engineering uh undergraduate degree you know very technical minded i was in the air force for 10 years ultimately yeah as an officer and 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 just very you know i worked with a lot of engineers i launched uh, gps rock uh satellites for a living worked on kc135 avionic systems like my brain was i was great at math and that's where my brain was i was I was just tuned to, uh, you know, look at the world as an, as an unending sequence of problems to be solved. Mm. Right. Wow. <laughs> wow. I mean, air force top-notch captain, 26 years old. You were, uh -huh. it was, yeah. 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 And yeah. And on top of that, then I, but I was very interested and drawn to human, the human experience. Like, what does it mean to really be human and how do we, you know, I think, you know, a lot of us in our 20s, we, we get concerned with with our idealism and maximizing our potential. And we, we especially in our culture, especially amongst men, we get that we, we live into the hero complex, the hero archetype of wanting to save the world, do something extraordinary and massive. And and um, all of that was true for me. And on top of it, now, I also I, I was very much a romantic. I wanted to have a beautiful relationship with a woman. 
you know, I just had this, had, again, I had this ideal of, of, of what romance was supposed to be. I'm a child of the eighties. You know, I was born mm. in 74, but you know, really came of age in the eighties. So all of the pop culture, the movies, like, like say anything, you know, John Cusack movies, um, yeah. that were just so romantic and so inspirational. And they were, you know, teenagers falling in love and everything was happily ever after. And, that was that was my that was that was what I was taught. That's what I learned. Um, but then you know, fast forward. I'm 26. I'm the military. I've just spent 10 years in the military. I can't feel anything in my body. I can't. I definitely can't cry. But I also can't really laugh. Like I can't feel joy. I can't. I'm so disconnected. And now from this place, very educated, very very practiced and skilled in the in you know in the engineering world in the professional world military soldier all that master's degree i also got a master's degree in human relations from wow. the university of oklahoma so like if and i got two moms and three sisters like if anybody should be able to knock it out of the park in relationship it's this guy it's me right here <laughs> well all i did was create disaster after disaster um, and I was just clueless. What the hell is God for 10 years from 26 to 36, mm. I was in multiple relationships. One, you know, I actually got married. I married a French woman in France, uh, lived in France for a year and a half. That was, I call that my, my catastrophe spectacular, <laughs> you know, it was my spectacular catastrophe. Um, I lived with a, a, a South American woman for five years in Miami off and on. it was, and that also was just a disaster. I write about that in my first book, a little bit called, called, uh, tell the truth, let the peace fall where it may, because even in that adventure, I saw all the ways that I was hiding my truth, hiding my authenticity. Cause I was so scared of losing love. I was so caught up in shame and unworthiness. And I know a lot of men experience this in particular men, women too. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the fear that I'm not worthy of oh, love. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, just all of this stuff, man, at 36 years old is when I'm 48 now, this is 12 years ago. I, I, it was really when I started to have my epiphany of, of holy shit. Um, maybe there's some, uh, secrets about relationship and intimacy that shouldn't be secrets that someone should have told me a long time ago. Yeah. And that really started my deep dive into how do you do relationship? Well, um, because I was at 36, I was also at the tail end of a, of an awful implosion of a relationship that would just, just brought me to my knees mm. and I refused to suck at love for the rest of my life. Well, it's interesting that you were drawn to, to love a relationship. I mean, cause some men could find themselves like getting the allocates or getting, you know, successful in business uh -huh. being that a cap. So it was interesting that you pivoted instead of throwing yourself more into work, throwing yourself more into the businesses that you've helped grow and, and be successful at that you're like, you know what, let me do like the, what it seems like a 180 and nurture this part of myself that I haven't really gave so much focus on. Where do you think that came from? You just, you just, you seem like you're a sensitive soul. Well, I think a lot of men actually, a lot of men, when they have the success that they were looking for and they make the money, get the job title, get all the accolades, a lot of men, if they haven't created and maintained a strong love relationship in their life or relationships with family, friends, really authentic, beautiful, deep relationships. I think a lot of men get to that pinnacle of success and discover, oh my God, I'm really fucking lonely. This ain't all it's cracked up to be. Mm -hmm. And I figured that out in my early twenties because I was here. I am. I mean, I was a captain in, in the air force at the age of 25. Wow. And so I'm making decent money. I'm 25. I've got prestige. I'm wearing a uniform that people respect. I'm doing work that people admire. Like I have security. I have all the things that I thought, okay, I've got it all. Why am I miserable? And I was miserable. I mean, I was functionally depressed at 25, despite having achieved lots of lot. external, the success that people would envy. 
And um, that, that, that was just, I mean, that threw me into a, a, a deep and dark abyss. I, I, when I got out of the military at 26, I just went walkabout into the world. I was so lost and so disoriented. And, and this was before, this is in 2001. So this is before YouTube. This is before f- social media. You know, there was barely email. Mm. And even then you had to go to an internet cafe to, to yeah. do, email, you know, back yeah. in those days. I remember those days. And oh, yeah. So I had nobody, I had nobody to look to turn to. And, and I, I had a nervous breakdown like 30 days and after getting out of the military, cause I was so distraught and so alone and wow. You know? Wow. And what was that like when you had to trudge that world and you did some traveling, what was there some deep insights that you found putting yourself out there, out there in the world? There, there was deep loneliness. There was profound sadness. There was, there was, there was the, the the identity question who am i um and i had no elders to really help me navigate that you know traditionally historically in indigenous cultures el- elder men help help adolescent boys f- answer those questions not by giving them answers but mm-hmm. by by creating initiation experiences rites of passage sure. within which we we confront certain things and and we make the transition from boyhood to manhood and in our culture we don't do that for our boys so i find a lot of men and again you know the question you asked earlier about you know what what set me apart i don't think anything set me apart so much as i just I, I was in so much pain at a young age. I think a lot of men don't hit the pain that I was in until they're in their late thirties or forties at the earliest. I just hit it in my early twenties. Got it. And where was your dad in this or the, the men in your life? Where were they showing? How were they showing up or weren't they showing up? Well, that's a great question. I mean, where were these men? They were there. You know, I, one of my, I think Bill, Bill Plotkin or one of my teachers, kind of frames things in this way. There are a lot of olders in the world, very few elders. And, you know, I love my dads. I got two of them, a dad and a stepdad, and I love them, but they, they're, they're olders. They're not really elders. I don't look up to them for wisdom and for, I don't, they're not trustable for direction and guidance. They're like, again, I love them. And I, I, sure. they have beautiful, they're beautiful men. I don't want to ever disparage them, but I, I see, I see this is the plight of a lot of men our ages. We look to our fathers, but, but they're just, they're just themselves, adolescent boys who never really stepped into their own manhood. Maybe they made money. Maybe they made families. They achieved success, but how many of them truly became wise elders that we can look up to and feel safe with and, and mm-hmm. come to counsel for and all that. I mean, very few of us have that. And I, I never had that. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally hundred hundred percent agree. And, and what's, what is exciting is that when there seems like there's a, a push around men's work and that there is men, perhaps not actually biological fathers, but showing up in the world a little bit more guiding other men into what it looks like to be healthy men, less toxic masculinity, Mm-hmm. Um, what are some if men look, listening today, what are some like red flags for themselves to recognize and say like, yo, that's not me. Or like, do, do, how do you break through some of those offenses? Like, yo, this podcast is not for me. Yeah. I got it undercovered. I got this. What are some behaviors first that one could, you know, look at and say, Hey, I do that. Perhaps I need to get some guidance in this. Well, I think that that alone right there, that I got this mentality uh, the, which, which I would associate with the lone wolf mentality. You know, I got this, I don't need help. I don't need support. You know, I am surrounded these days at 48. I am surrounded by men, by peers in, in, I'm in, I'm in one men's group. I've been in for four years of men of my peers and I lead men's groups of other men that, you know, so I'm surrounded by men who hold me accountable, who, who, who can witness me, who can challenge me respectfully, who can support me and who can celebrate me and vice versa. I do the same for them. I need that. I used to think I didn't need men at all because men suck. You know, it was my old story. Men are, mm-hmm. men are assholes, men are whatever. I mean, I couldn't trust my dads. How could I? Plus, you know, a lot of us grew up with moms that didn't really like men. So a lot of us men got the message and we getting it this day, these days too. You know, that's a pretty yeah, common right. It's a common idea out there that men are are the cause of the of the destruction of the world and look there's a lot of truth to it 
but it doesn't serve us men to be ashamed of ourselves or to hate men or to not like men or, but the, but the reality is my, most men don't trust other men. We don't trust each other. And, and again, for good reason, you know, we've never, we've, we never learned to feel safe in our vulnerability with each other. We've been exploited for our, 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 our vulnerabilities as children and teenagers. Uh, again, I think that's shifting a lot in, in, in younger generations. I mean, I'm 48. So I grew up again, as I said, in the eighties and the nineties. And I do believe that that's shifting to some degree, uh, for a lot of, of, of younger people, but it's still a prevalent message. It's still a prevalent reality in this world today that men don't trust other men. So yeah. I got this. That's a warning flag. If you're sitting there going, oh, that ain't me. I got this. I'm good. I'm, I'm crushing it. I'm making money. I'm, I'm dominating in the bedroom. I, you know, women love me, whatever. Big fucking red flag. Big red flag. That's one. Another red flag might be, um, you know, yeah, you're, you're achieving, you're accomplishing, but there's a, but there's a hole that it can't fill. There's a hole in your heart, somewhere in your chest might be a father sized hole in your heart might be a, I don't know, a woman sized hole in your heart or a God sized hole in, but there's a hole yeah. that you're trying to fill with money, with accomplishment, with Facebook likes or Instagram followers or, you know, whatever the, whatever the, you know, whatever the, uh, the voice is, yeah. whatever the vice is or drugs or porn. Exactly. Well, that's a red flag. If you're, if, if no matter how hard you try to fill that hole, it just, there's something and you, and you can, you're sensitive. You can feel it. I think, I think we all got it. Whether or not we're sensitive to it, we can see it. We can, we can acknowledge it is another thing, but I think that's a core condition of just being human. Mm. So, I mean, that's, that's another red flag. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, those are, those are really great. Those are really great. I know I've, I've, I had, um, and I still have quite a bit of ego, but I definitely ran that for a while. Like I got this, I don't need any help. I push people away and people and men were there to help in along. And, and I was like, no, I got to do this myself. I got to do this myself. I got to carry it yeah. until it burnt me out. And, you know, and I had to really face myself. Yeah. and uh and and ask for help uh eventually and um and more recently i had a conversation with a friend uh a man, a man who uh, is a good friend and he betrayed me in a way of trust and he told me afterwards and he got honest right away you know he's doing the work and he got honest about it and then he told me listen i got this pattern in which i need to push people men away i can't get too close mm. it just scares me and yeah. i want to be your friend but i can't you know i don't want, yeah. i absolutely i'm afraid of it yeah. And uh, that was that was yeah that was really and and that gave yeah it was massive of him and you know, obviously that conversation um, only brought us closer together and, and there's something to work through that and that only gave me pause to realize oh wait here I am like getting on my high horse oh he wants to be my friend but I've done that with other men like that gave me the ability to see myself I'm like wait I pushed other guys in my life who I want to be close with, but then also sabotage the relationship yeah. by avoiding them, by getting back to them right away, like, you know, testing them. And like, what am I trying to do here? Yeah. And then, and then deeper than that, I've done that with my relationships with women, yeah. you know? So it's just like, wow, man, intimacy. Yeah. It is messy. It is messy, man. It's messy. Yeah. All of it. Intimacy and messy. Yeah. Intimacy is messy. And, and you, but I like that word intimacy with ourselves, with other men. We need intimacy with other men. And I don't mean sexual intimacy. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, vulnerability intimacy, like your, your friend, his capacity to just say that and own that. Holy shit. And you said it, it brought you closer. Yeah. That's, that's a beautiful thing, man. We, yeah, we, we men need these relationships where we can just share our shit, man, unburden ourselves. And, 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 and often because we don't have those relationships with other men, we expect our intimate relationships with women or our intimate partner to then carry that somehow. We either carry it in our own bodies, so we get really heavy, really stoic, really shut down because we're just we're, we're we're carrying so much of our own burden. Or, or slash and we we turn to our intimate partner and be like, "Yo, you carry this. You be everything for me. You you be in such a way that makes my life easier because I'm carrying." Again, we don't say these words, but yeah. this is in effect what yeah. we do. And the and the relationship it can't hold it. it can't hold right. it. 
what what happens though that or that maybe it's a fear now i'm realizing it but like where one could a man could feel afraid that if i get too intimate with a man like do i ever need a woman besides for pleasure like do i get all my needs from men now like what heck is it is that like you know yeah. what i mean like as and I, i've seen a shift happen sometimes where i'm like yo i'm good i got my guys you know like right. i can talk it out there um and or, and or if someone's in a relationship and there's a maybe two-part question yeah. their partner being uh hey you, i want you to share that with me don't let it out with the guys i want you to bring that home Right. So where's that boundary or is, does there have to be a boundary there? Well, that's a great, that's a really great and interesting question. And I, I think what, what comes up for me is, is we're living in an era of the, of the decimation of village, the decimation of village, what meaning, do you mean by that? meaning, you know, my wife and I, I'm married, I'm with my wife for coming up on seven years. We live, we live together. Thank you. The two of us, we live together in a single family home. It's just the two of us. It's just the two of us. We're what I call the two person village, me and my wife, we're just doing a little two person village. Well, my ancestors, your answer, we didn't, we didn't evolve this way. We didn't evolve to do two person villages. We evolved, you know, we were, we, historically for hundreds thousands of years we we awoke every morning into the sounds of a village to the sounds of more than just quiet you know an alarm clock in my in my wife's voice we awoke to the sounds of uncles and aunts and and neighbors and and you know we awoke to to all kinds of flavors of masculinity and femininity different flavors in our daily lives. And, and, and I, you know, I lived in, in Los Angeles for the last 12 years, Meyer, and it dawned on me as I, I, I just moved to, uh, to Texas and, um, uh, not for political reasons, let's be clear about that, just lifestyle. And I, I discovered in, when I was in, in Texas that all of a sudden I'm around children more. And I realized for the last 10 years or 12 years, however long I've been in LA, I've, I've, I've almost never been around kids. That's not normal. Mm. An, an adult, like I'm missing the gift of children. I'm a 48 years old man. I'm missing the gifts that kids bring into an adult's life. The, the excitement, the enthusiasm, the, the, you know, seeing the world with new eyes. I, I haven't been getting that gift for the last 12 years. That has a cost. Yeah. And I would say the same is true for the man that thinks, ah, I just need my boys. You know, yes, you do need your men. I'm going to use that word. You need your men around yeah. you. But you also, we, we also need, I say, to live a whole and, and full life. And, I, you know, I, we need other people. We need other flavors of relationship. An intimate relationship is, a, is, a, is an incredibly unique relationship. It is a a dance of, of, you know, whether same sex or, or, um, opposite sex relationship, intimacy is a dance of masculine and feminine energies. Meyer, if you and I are, we're, we're hanging out, we're, we're homies. You and I aren't really doing the dance of intim of, of masculine and feminine intimacy when we're hanging out as friends, you know, we're, we're, not that feminine energy won't be present between us. There'll be love. There'll be laughter. There'll be, there'll be sadness, all of that. Yeah. But we're not animating. We're not expressing masculine, feminine intimacy through our relationship in a way that is, as that is deeply satisfying. I do that with my wife mm -hmm. and I don't do that with, and I have female friends with whom I don't do that. Right. So I get a, totally different experience of, of, of being human with my wife than I do when I hang out with my guy friends. And I need my guy friends. I need my men. I get a wholly different experience. I can go with them. We wrestle. I can challenge them. My wife doesn't want to be challenged by me. I remember, I remember going on a walk with her a couple of years back and, and, uh, um, I, I just, I needed, I was feeling a little bored. I was feeling a little, uh, I need, I needed some edge. And I was like, babe, you see that car up there? I'll race you to it. And she was like, I don't want to fucking race you. I just want to walk with you and hold your hand. And I was like, damn, come on. Can we, and, 
again, the little competition do, here. I, my wife doesn't want to be in competition with me ever. She wants to be connected to me. She wants to do a different dance with me. My guy friends, we love competing with each other. So, you know, look, everyone has to find their own way with this. But I say to live a, a full and rich life, having the, the the having the village around us, which includes, yes, our the men that we go hunting with. It includes the 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 partner, whether woman or another man, but with whom I do I do masculine and feminine. I do the dance, the art of intimacy, of sexual intimacy with. That's that's. That's important. Having children around, whether mine or 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 others, who bring the gift of 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 new seeing, of seeing the world anew, of of excitement and play, mm -hmm. is again vital. Having elders around me who have wisdom, who help me when I when I start to take certain things too serious, having the wisdom of of elders who've been around 30, 40 years longer than I have, who can go, yeah, that ain't that important. Take a breath, take a breath, young man. Oh, thank you. Thank you for the reminder. Like so much of that's missing. Yeah. So that's a long answer to a, to a short, but it's a great question. Yeah, no, that's, it's really great. It's, it's nuanced, but I think you really covered it well, where it's like we, there's so many different sides to us. And if we just allow ourselves to think this is men, men is who we go and do, we hold feelings in or we, go and have to work or fix things all the time. And if we don't, we're not good enough. If it's just one way of looking at it, and then we're, we, yeah, we shut down. We don't have access to all the parts of our being. Like, and you touched on it, right? There are these feminine and, and masculine energies within all beings. Mm -hmm. And some men or women have a little more of that in either one. And, but to not feed it, to starve one side of it is not, um, it's just unhealthy and it'll, it'll catch up to us eventually, or it won't catch up to us, but we'll just keep stuffing it down unconsciously and live a, a halfway of existence and, and not fully appreciate, like you said, the laughter to the sadness, everything in between. And I, and I think it makes us less skillful humans when we suppress those parts of ourselves, when we don't connect with those parts of ourselves. I mean, look at the state of the world today or look at our leadership is clearly debilitated. They don't they don't have access to certain skills of of uh, there's a lot of masculine skill out there, a lot of dominate dominating, uncompromising outcome oriented, fuck your feelings energy out there that's not helping making things worse right where is the where are the feminine qualities of 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 cooperation of collaboration of nurturing of connection of 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 being able to to nurture relationships rather than you know cut them off at the moment someone doesn't agree with you i mean it's it's our world is is warped because yeah. of of again the decimation of the village and our our repression of of these of these essential parts of ourselves yeah yeah absolutely and 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 to only talk more about that is also the that i think there's something to say about physical community like coming like you're saying like coming together with a friend with somebody seeing them saying thank you going to the store buying something from like shaking hands all this connection physical connection with our other beings, human beings, with all this disconnection with, with electronics and whatnot. And I'm in the social media business. So like, I may be shooting myself in the leg here, but I've come to realize that I need it more, you know, I need it being that I've thrown myself so much into that work. I realized, wow, I need to take some pause with myself and, and connect with nature, connect with my friends, connect with strangers. Yeah. Um, I've take practice now not to be in my phone as much as I can like on the New York subway and just observe people and being in the present moment and it's led me to smile a little bit more or to have a, a, a impromptu conversation with a stranger for two three stops mm -hmm. and i have a bit more skip in my step when i get off that subway um it's really cool it's really yeah. cool these, these little simple tweaks um from men from men's work to taking some time to uh, for your title right choose her every day or leave her mm -hmm. sounds a little black and white my black and white thinking is like, well, where's the gray in that? You know what? One day, you know, obviously I'm, not, I'm taking a little literally here. Like, oh, one day I wake up and I'm not choosing her. Do I leave her the next day? But what, 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 what led you to that title? Obviously, you know, to this and why that? Why that title? And, and what are you trying, what message are you trying to bring through that? Well, um, I, I, to some degree, I do think it is black or white. I do think that, um, 
Look, there are days when, you know, as I said, I've been with my wife for seven years. There are days when, man, I don't want to do relationship today. I just don't want to do it. I need a fucking break. (laughs) (laughs) I have those days. Every man that I know who is in relationship has those days. Yeah. But that doesn't mean on a deep level, I'm still not choosing my wife. I am. It doesn't mean that, you know, on a deep level, I am still choosing my wife. I know that my brain is just overwhelmed or I'm just stressed out that day or it's just like, man, I just need it to be easier today, whatever. Or I just need a break or I just want to do, I need to to have no demands on me. Whatever the story is, in in the deepest part of my being, I'm still all in on my wife. And were that to change someday, she and I would have to have a conversation about what does this mean for us, right? What does it mean if all of a sudden I realize, wow, babe, I'm, I'm not choosing you anymore. There's a part of me that feels divided about whether to be in this relationship, like genuinely divided. You see, that's largely where this, this book and this, this understanding was born from was my own being divided in relationship, you know, those 10 years after the military, I was in a number of relationships. And in each of them, I was divided. You know, what's that, uh, what's that look like, though, if you could maybe bring it down to an example from your relationship, yeah. that's okay. Yeah, just... it, it, it looks like, uh, you know, for five years, the relationship with the South American woman, it looks like my my mouth in many ways saying I want to be here, but my actions communicating something differently. You know, it looks like it looks like uh, when, 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 when a fight would happen, me leaving and being like, I don't want to fucking do this anymore, you know, and doing that a hundred times, it would look like when difficulty arose, same when some difficulty or discomfort or some, some desire or need that she expressed, that's just inconvenient or undesirable for me to want to show up for it. Be like, yeah, no, I'm not in, I'm not in for that. You, you, you figure that out. That's what it can look like, Mm -hmm. you know? being all in on my partner means being all in on everything that comes with her, even if it's inconvenient, even if it, it, it causes me stress. And it does. I mean, I'm very different from my wife. We're very, very different people. And there are certain things that there are certain ways of being certain sensitivities, certain stories, cultural programs, all all that that she has that that don't that don't align with me that don't resonate for me that I'm not necessarily on board intellectually with but you know what I'm all in on this woman so you know one of the things that I often teach uh couples and I have a program called the boundaries program I talk uh, I talk about the difference between requests and requirements requests and requirements requirements are the things that are non-negotiable like let's say I want kids, my partner has to want kids or else we can't, we won't, we won't, we we shouldn't be together. We're just going to torture each other, for example, right? A request might be, um, uh, you know, I, I want to, I want to live, I want to live closer to the city. She wants to live, maybe she wants to live more out in the country. It's not necessarily a requirement. We can kind of find our way, you know, we'll, we'll, maybe there's a place sort of in between the city center and the countryside that, that will work for both of us. Okay. Right. We can navigate that. Um, I think during my, especially in my twenties and thirties, I was pretending that a lot of my requirements were just requests mm. and pretending that some of my requests were requirements. And vice versa, a lot of the women I dated or was with would pretend, you know, they want a man who, like, I was in this relationship for five years. Yeah. And my, the, the woman I was with, I, I believe it was a requirement. I can't ask her now because that relationship's long been over, but I believe she, a requirement for her would have been that we're heading towards marriage. Well, I never wanted to get married with her. There was, I even made comments at times that told her I ain't into marriage. Well, and that's what I mean also about not choosing her fully every day. I mean, she was wanting something that I wasn't wanting and I was just sort of letting her deal with it on her own. Right. I don't do that with my wife today. Right. Back then, just because there's something else I want to talk about, but back then, what kept you, 
what kept you in that relationship for so long? Was it fear of losing you? Like there was something, was it a comfort? Like it makes you want what at the two year mark, at the four year mark, five, you know? And it just makes me wonder like what was there that kept you close? Yeah, what I see, and it certainly applies what was true for me is people stay in relationships that that kind of that look on the surface like it's obvious they shouldn't be in that relationship well we stay in those relationships because yeah we fear losing what is familiar what we have even if it's breadcrumbs you know some people are starving so breadcrumbs work for them and but we're often starving in, in relationship because again we had poor modeling from our parents you know or, or even the culture around us teaches us of our unworthiness all the time we're reminded how unworthy we are i mean it's cooked into certain religions you know you yeah. are a sinner you are unworthy <laughs> and you yeah. we have to non-stop prove our worthiness mm. uh so that gets baked into relationship as well like i'm already unworthy i better just accept what i have yeah the, the hard part of like i you're being loved just for you you know, because of your being that you don't have to do anything. And I'm saying that like, not something philosophical. I'm just saying that from my own being, like, I just know that from experience. Hence, that's how I, I have that insight. And it's very hard to sit with when someone, when my partner would say like, oh, I just want to be with you, with you. And I ask her why she rattle off all different adjectives and reasons. But ultimately it's, right. it's not, it's, it never really landed until only after the fact. And as, as I'm learning to love myself, right. There's like this, you know, that, that whole has, at least from my experience, has to come from that worthiness of self. And then, and then that person can only come and fuel that fire a little bit, add some more energy and oxygen to it. Um, but that fire has to be burning within self beforehand. Well, I think that's one of the, the, the great gifts and challenges of long-term, not just commitment, but devotion to another person is we learn. I, I call them, I, 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 I the language I give to it is we learn to love anyway, mm. love anyway, love despite this person not doing everything that I think they should be doing to be worthy of my love. Like what kind of love is that? You know, I remember in my, when I was married to this, this French woman in my twenties, I thought Meyer that I was so good at loving. I thought I was a great unconditional lover. I think a lot of us men think we love better than we do as part of <laughs> that was certainly my affliction. And, um, and when I when I, I married her very quickly, and she immediate she did not meet most of my conditions. I mean, she wouldn't give me a kiss in the morning, just a good morning kiss. Uh, we stopped having sex really quickly after we got together, uh, and there were just a lot a lot of other needs that I and desires I wasn't getting met. But I didn't know how to communicate that skillfully, so I just sort of seethed in resentment, which did not bring her closer to me. Right, and. But I saw quickly how conditional was my love. Like I was so conditional. I would I needed her to perform in certain ways for me to really show up for her and love mm. her. And man, that relationship was the first time though that that blew up in my face and I saw it because I had this stubborn woman who refused to meet my condition. Would you say though now with the knowledge that you have experienced that you can make that relationship work because you're approaching it from a place of non-condition? Or is there something to say there's more than just that? Like, I guess what I'm saying is like, where could you just love anybody? Could you come to this? If, is commitment enough? If both people are committed to growth, yeah. And we're here. I'm mature. You're mature. We think we are, and we're going to work it out. Something comes up. We'll talk about it. We'll go to therapy. Is that enough? Or there, is there something more to, is there has to be something more to that relationship? No, I, I think that it's not enough. I think there has to be a shared purpose for the relationship. Why are we even doing this? Is it, is it to raise kids? Is it to celebrate God? Is it to grow in love? Is it to, um, you know, build wealth. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons why couples may come together. And if you're not aligned in that purpose, you're going to be at odds. You're going to be pulling the, you're going to want to pull the cart in different directions and that's going to cause stress. There's also, I think, um, I, can you love anybody? Absolutely. hundred percent. Should you stay with anybody you love? Well, that's a whole other question. Uh, you know, I think, healthy boundaries are essential for healthy relationships. And what I would do differently if I went back into some of these relationships is I would have, I, I would know now how to speak about 
boundaries. I would know now how to speak up and say, you know what? This thing over here is not working for me. I don't like this. When you do this, that doesn't feel good. I would also, I would also be able to hear their feedback when they say the same. I would be able to, okay, I hear you. I see that. I get you. I, I can see that that hurts you. I, like I would, I have skills now where I can communicate around boundaries and and needs and desires and whereas you know in my 20s and 30s i didn't have those skills at all it was yeah. a shit show mm. so yeah. would there have been different outcomes I, I don't know it's impossible to say but i but i i i even if the relationship had ended i'm a hundred percent confident it would have ended differently it wouldn't have ended so nasty yeah. so painfully because I would have been able to communicate in different ways. Also, you know, this is what I mean by, you know, as we, as the importance for having elders, there are things that I made so important in my twenties and thirties that I realize now aren't so fucking important. Example. Um, uh, let's see. Example. You know, my wife, my French wife, when I married her, there was one morning she got mad at me and called me an asshole. I left the house for three days. Whoa. <laughs> and I didn't come back. I didn't, I left for three days, didn't commute. Like that was such a violation to me. That was so, and I didn't know, again, I didn't know how to communicate in an effective way. So I just fucking took off. Right. Didn't come home for three days. Mm. And while I was gone, she got locked out of the house. She didn't know where to reach me. Like she had to sleep at the chaos. neighbor's house who apparently tried to sexually advance on her. Like it was chaos. So the repercussions of me taking that so seriously, not that that's not serious. I mean, it has to be addressed. I don't, I still don't, it still wouldn't be okay for my wife to call me an asshole today, but I wouldn't leave for three days. Yeah. You know, I'd handle it so differently. You talked about band. I, I hear that. Thanks for that example. It's just, yeah, that's, that's, that's a pretty good one. Um, you brought up boundaries and you brought up, you know, back to R and R, which I wanted to talk on requests and uh, requirements and, and getting those confused. And that could lead to, you know, this breakdown in communication and relationship, which I find, find to be also in one's own boundaries. Like once you know yourself. So what are ways for men, maybe and, and women, but I feel like this is, uh, you know, geared to men um, to fi find out what are those requirements? Is there an exercise? I mean, and, and yeah. Hey, sign up to the coaching course for sure. But is there something you could share now that says like, how, how does one defer? Like, yeah, this is my requirements. These are my um, requests. Yeah. yeah, especially, you know, if, when you're going through a breakup or you're thinking about a last relationship or you're single, one, one exercise that I like to do with, with people is I have them make a list, just, just two columns, you know, lying right down the middle of a piece of paper. And on one side, I have them write, the things I miss about that person or that relationship. And on the other side, I have them write down the things I don't miss about that person or relationship. What, what people will often find. So the things I miss, for example, they might say, Oh, I miss, you know, the sex was amazing. I miss laughing with them. I miss going to the movies with them. I miss, you know, sharing the end of my day, whatever, whatever the things are. Um, what people often find in that column is that actually, whoa, wait a second, I can kind of have that with another person. It's not necessarily specific to them. It's what I miss about being in relationship at all. Connection, sex, affection, sharing my day, you know. But what's interesting then on the other side, the things I don't miss, this is where people might write things like, you know, they, would, they wouldn't call me for three days sometimes. Uh, they would, you know, they would dismiss my feelings or they would, you know, call me names, whatever. I don't miss them not liking my family or saying bad things about my mother, whatever. Well, that starts to give one insight into what, what, what my boundaries are, right? Because if I'm writing them down such that I don't like these things, I don't miss them. What I'm also saying is I don't want them in my next experience. So I'm starting to get a clue about what are my boundaries and people can do that even in current relationships, the things that I don't like, don't, wouldn't miss. Like if this relationship were to end, what I wouldn't miss, well, you know, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't miss them never wanting to go out to nice restaurants with me. Okay. That's fine. 
And now though, so anyway, we can take that list and now we can start to parse out, well, what's a requirement? They talk bad about my family. That's a, that's a non-negotiable boundary. I don't want that at all. I, I refuse to experience that again. You can kind of feel it in the body. Like the body will also tell you that is a big fuck no for me. That was horrible. It felt violating. Well, they didn't go out to nice restaurants with me. Well, you know, I could go out with my girlfriends or my guy friends. I can go out. I, I don't need them to go out on nice. It's a nice to have. And again, the body will kind of tell you, it'll tell you like, yeah, that kind of sucked. But I mean, I wouldn't break up with someone just because they don't want to go out to eat at nice places. Right. That's going to be a request. Right. So that's a that's a first exercise that I might do with someone to help them start to parse out. First off, what are the things that that have been missing in past relationships or that were present that I didn't like? Now I'm starting to get a clue of, see, this is the, this is the thing about boundaries is often we don't know what they are until they've been violated so many times over the years that we start, oh, go, holy shit, this keeps happening and I don't like it. Yeah. Right. So doing a list like that can, can be helpful, can be a, a gateway to figuring out what are your requests and requirements. Yeah, that sounds already great. I'm already, you know, it was actually hard to stay present for that one. I'm already like, my mind was already going, I love lists, you know, <laughs> going straight back to the head. So that's, that's a really great, that's a really cool, simple, yeah. um, but profound, I would say, insight to one's um, requests yeah. or requirements. So that's, that's, that's really great. Yeah. And someone now who's going through um, a, a relationship where they, they have perhaps self-doubt in the sense of whether they should have left or not to go back to that person. Mm -hmm. um, is there any advice around in, in this world that you're involved with, you know, in, inside as to like, yeah. is it trusting yourself? Is it not? Is it okay to go back? No, hold it down. I made my decision. Um, how does one really evaluate that from an honest place? Yeah. I say hire someone to help you. Oh, I say get professional support whether therapist or coach, someone that you can talk through who doesn't have a, an agenda, who doesn't have a stake in the outcome, you know, not your parent, not your friend, uh, because they got a stake. You know, they want your happiness. They want you and, and they're going to have an idea about what they think would make you happy. And especially if you're in that place, I mean, you, you, the relationship ended for a reason or, or you're contemplating its end for a reason. Is it a good reason? I don't know. But working with someone who has relate, who has, who has awareness and understanding about what makes relationships successful versus what destroys them, talking that out with somebody so they can help you reflect back. Uh, you know, one of the things that can be, well, just to finish that sentence, that can be immensely helpful because one of the things that I'll often do when I, when I work with couples, so I, I haven't, I'm not, I'm really focusing on men these days, not really working with couples so much anymore. Why is that? Because men need so much support. I don't think there's a lot of really good, particularly relationship support out there for men. Um, and I'm a man. So, you know, just stepping up to, to, to do the service. Look, I'm kind of an idiot because women, women hire for this kind of work way more than men do. <laughs> this is not the profitable choice, but I think it's the necessary one. Um, so, uh, but one of the things that I'll often do when I, when I would work with couples is, is at the beginning of, I would do a session called a relationship clarity session, which I designed to help them figure out, do you even want to stay together? Do you even want to try meaning, well, what I would reveal to them is this is what it's likely to take for you to succeed together. These are some of the patterns that are clearly sabotaging you. This is what the work may look like for you to overcome those patterns. And then I would tell them, expect it to take 10 years before you're really good at being with each other. You can get there, but expect it to take 10 years. And I just sit and wait and see how they'd respond to that. If couples would look at each other and go, well, so he's saying there's a chance. That's a good sign. Like they're like, oh, 10 years, we could do this. There's a part of them that's like, man, that's, and again, I'm not, I don't mean that literally. I'm just saying, yeah. it's like a way of saying, look, be in it for the long haul. Because if you're in it for the short term and you think everything's going to turn around right now, you're in for probably a rude awakening. Mm. It takes 
determination, persistence, commitment, a willingness to be uncomfortable, a willingness to face yourself. Um, and that it, this could take years for you two to really navigate this. And look, you can make a lot of changes really quickly, but the deeper stubborn, you know, childhood woundings that, that cause us to, to react in, in moments to sh whether to shut down or to explode, that can take a long time. And, it, and some of that may never go away, but we only learn how to be with it more than make it go away. If you're not in for that journey, and particularly with this person, then uh, it's probably not a relationship you should go back to or continue. Right. And and that's the thing. Like if you go back to that list and you see, oh, wow, this these attributes could be given to anybody in relationship, not just this particular person, then, mm -hmm. you know, it, it could give you a reason to think think twice. So, yeah. Yeah. But what what were some distinctions with the wife that you were with now that made you realize I want to be with this person? So one of the great lessons I took from my 20s and 30s, my, my failed relationships of those times was um, there were certain values that I held that my partners didn't hold that were, again, caused us to be at odds in our purpose for being together. And one of the values is uh, growth. I value growth and open-mindedness. Those are two of my core, just absolute core values when it comes to my life, certainly my relationships, growth and openness. And I look back into my past and, you know, particularly the longer relationships, their, you know, openness and growth weren't really priorities for my partners. They may have had other other values like loyalty is a value. Um, I don't know. I haven't really too, thought too much about what their values were. Yeah. But I know that my wife, our, her one of her core values is growth. You know, we share core this core value of growth. And so both of us, I mean, when I met her, she she was and is uh, she was a, a therapist she'd been but not just being a therapist she had been going to her own therapy as every therapist and i think coaches need coaches and therapists need therapists she right. had been seeing her own therapist for years you know she'd been doing her own growth work for years and she was still committed to doing that and you know, we had some rough times at the beginning of our relationship as we were trying to figure out what the how the hell do I be with this person? Like, yeah. what is going on here? There was some there was some harsh, oh, you know, rude awakenings. But that happens in in relationship and until we get over our fantasy of relationship, we can't have a real relationship with somebody. And so, you know, that that was well, that's part of it. But here's the other part, Meyer. I was just ready. I was ready. I met her when I was 41. I've often reflected that I had no business in my 20s and most of my 30s attempting to be committed in relationship. Like I really wish I had had an elder tell me, look, it's okay. You do not have to commit to relationship until you are absolutely fully deeply ready. And here also are the things that you could do that would help you get to that readiness. I wish I, I never had an elder tell me that, not even remotely anything like that. And so, you know, here I am again, I told you my romantic brain thinking, well, I need to find a woman. I mean, I, I want that, so I, I must need it now, but I didn't want it now. I had so much life to figure out. I had so much of me to discover. I had, there was a, so there was this worlds of, 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 of exploration and self-discovery that I needed to do before I could go all in on, on, on one woman. And I, but I didn't know that nobody gave me, nobody told me that that would be okay. So when I met Sylvie at 41, like I had done so much of that work. I, I felt complete in so many areas of my life that like I was ready, man. Mm. timing. I think timing, timing matters. It's actually one of the chapters in my book, the importance of, of timing for relationship. And I was just ready. Mm. Wow. 
That's that's beautiful, man. You sound like a slow burn. Like in a sense, I got my chart read not too long ago, and someone said, like, I'm you know, as time passes, I'll just get more and more grounded and blossom, which was nice to hear, whether they're trying to make me feel good or not. But um, it's written yeah. in the stars that like, and I've seen that for myself, you know, from yeah. my teens, my twenties, I'm in my thirties now. Yeah. And to, uh, and to see like, yeah, I haven't had anything perfect. I'm not perfect yet, but there is a whole lot of hope knowing that as I trudge this, you know, this course and I, and I keep showing up to life, I'm getting better at life. Yeah. You know, you know, transformation takes a lifetime. That's why we have a lifetime. You know, it's, it's we're at it. Um, for those who want, who want to, you're a fantastic resource. I love the daily videos that you post on your social media. You're really elevating the social media platforms for good, um, which I appreciate. Um, and of course, you have your courses. Um, and it's great to know that you're doing a lot, lot more focused work on men. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any last things you would like to share? Any ideas or tips or message for those who are listening? Yeah, I, I I would, you know, you said something earlier that was kind of funny, but also so true. Like you first discovered my work and then you were like, well, I, I, I'm not going back to that for a while. Yeah. You know, you then you hid from it. And I think I think that's a common experience. A lot of men, they first discover my work. And, you know, some people think some men particularly think that I'm hard on men around particular relationships. I'm not. I'm not. I, 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 I'm a champion of men. I love men. I love being a man. I have great empathy for our challenges, particularly in relationships. Our forefathers did not prepare us for what intimate relationships now require of us. You know, emotional literacy, emotional closeness, being able to be comforting and and empathic. Like we weren't prepared for this. So our generation, this time we men are doing work that has never been done before. I have great empathy for us. That said, if you're a man who is who desires to really step into his life powerfully to thrive, particularly not just in intimacy, but more than just make money, but really show up and and inhabit your life fully, regardless of whether or not you succeed in the external ways. Um, you know, this work is for you where the men's work, uh, dive into men's work, figure out how to be part of a, of a, of a thoughtful men's group. Um, you know, come, come to my work, read my book, choose her every day or leave her, uh, just, or go to my social media, watch my videos, be, be both triggered and inspired like Meyer was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. but, but, but above all, have compassion for yourself, you know, be harder on yourself, but also don't be hard on yourself. And, and I say that because I do think we men need to take more responsibility for our role in the breakdown of things. I think that's absolutely essential. And I think that's one of the things that men often, we want to stay in our victimhood. And so we don't really, we were like, nah, I'm a victim here. And we are, we fucking are. Meyer, we are, we were left, we were abandoned by our fathers. We were pointed in the wrong direction by the older men around us. Like we have been failed, but that doesn't serve us. That stance doesn't serve us as adults. It's not going to help us make the changes that are needed in the world to, 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 to correct the direction we're going in. And it's certainly not going to help us in our intimate relationships. We got to take responsibility for our impact, for our role in things. So, have compassion for yourself and also it's like you know be hard on yourself but also don't be hard on yourself mm. that that's the thing that i really want men to leave with mm. amazing amazing brian thank you so so much um how could people find you um yeah my website uh brian it's brian with a y brian reeves.com uh again i'm on all you but just go to brianreeves.com. you can find everything from links to my book on Amazon or other places, my social media. Um, you know, I, I have a, a course now. It's not on my website because I'm, I'm in the unfurling of it, but men can sign up. It's called Elevate Your Relationship, a strip specifically for men committed to thriving in relationship. Uh, just reach out to me on, on any of my platforms there. And yeah, man, Meyer, thank you for this. Awesome. Man. It's been great. Awesome. Thanks, Brian. Thank you. 
Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast episode. And thank you, Brian, for being a part of this podcast today. It was great to get to know you. And my friends, keep glowing and keep shining your light and be the light that you want to see in this world. So until next time, stay positive, be happy. I'm Mayor Kay and have a great day.